Ladies and gentlemen, and specifically Marianne, I thought that even though I had a really fun time uh, the other day at the race, and that I have about a Red Bull and a full cup of coffee in me, an espresso in me, that nothing quite... Well, for Charles Leclerc and Logan Sargent, Charles Leclerc's Monaco 23 uh, song really fits the depression that those two might be feeling uh, today, but... For us, here on the F-World on Civil Radio 101.7 FM, broadcasting in Abbotsford on UFB campus on Solotumuk, the traditional territory and lands of the Stalo First Nations, it was pretty fun for us. Yeah, it was. I would would also argue maybe that any of his songs would be apt for a depressive episode. Yeah, but I feel like Monaco (laughs) has a little bit of hope to it. Um... (laughs) That there's something to, to look forward to. It's for, a little hopeful vibe in the music. Are, yeah. are we really analyzing the the songs of Charles Leclerc? No, 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 <laughs> no. We don't need to analyze. It's all there for us right. to understand. It's, it's been dissected a few times. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. But for listeners of the F world, like Walter, you're back with us here on Mondays. I am. It's been quite a while. It, yeah. it feels like. Uh, well, the summer break was there, of course, and so there's less reason or less things to talk about. There's no less reason ever to talk about F1. There's always lots <laughs> of reason, but fewer events, obviously. But yeah, I'm back. I'm glad to be back. And uh, although the depressive music might be significant in other ways, because I think this will have to be uh, one of my last regularly scheduled appearances here, at least on the live version of the F World on Civil Radio 101.7. But uh, hopefully I'll be on some ad hoc episodes as well as maybe some recordings for the podcast yeah yeah well there's so hopefully some cameos in the future yeah yeah sure. definitely we'll, yeah. we'll have to go back and find all the good sound bites so we could at least always <laughs> throw them in there whenever we need to well, that'd be awesome <laughs> thank um, you so but yeah sad news for that but you know it's, it's great you coached us through so much of this so far well and, that's, and that's it's kind so of you fun. to say and, and and like i said I'll, I'll definitely be back from time to time but yeah not on a regular occurring basis well, on that note, I think normally, typically, when we do when we watch, do post-race uh, shows, we always ask what's the highlights mm-hmm. or stuff. We will get to the highlights, but I think we'll start with the low points while Charles Leclerc's song continues going <laughs> for us. So let's start with you, Walter. Because this, actually, first of all, I just want to say sure. this is hilarious because this is not just the first time you've been back, but one of the first times that all three of us have been doing a show together nice. for some time. Three yeah, amigos. It's, it's been a while because exams and I've had exams yeah. and... Yeah. yeah, life happens, right? Yeah. This is what happens. Well, drive for me, there were several low points, I got to be honest, uh, in that race. And one of them was relating to my uh, last appearance here on the program on the F World because I went way out of left in left field and I predicted that Max Verstappen would not win his home race. So one of the biggest lowlights for me was him winning. Not because I'm a Max <laughs> hater and not because I really want him to lose. I, at this point, I do want to see him, or at least Red Bull, win all of them. But I yeah. had predicted that because of the summer break, because of the pressure and everything else, that something would happen and he wouldn't win. And for a few moments, it was maybe kind of looking that way. There was so much happening in that race. And I thought, holy cow, I'm going to have made the prediction of the century. But... <laughs> Alas, it didn't happen. So that was my greatest disappointment. Mm-hmm. What were yours, Mary Ange? I'd, I'd have to say that it was seeing for a good period of time both Mercedes in like P16 and P18. Yeah, that, that was, was... That was rough. That was pretty, that was pretty rough. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. I, I had a uh, tough one. 
Uh, I'm going to put more Charles Leclerc on. I had the whole playlist here. Yeah, I got all three ready to go. Um, I, I had a tough one to choose because my heart told me it needed to be Logan Sargent. The album cover of Lo- Logan Sargent just sitting there in the grass and just and everything that we saw. I remember because also I think another thing to add, we watched the race together. Right. Too. Yep. That was so much fun. It was. Yeah, for uh, sure great time i i I, so it was so good that i don't know if i can go back to watching it with just reese and i i have to have everyone back over again but (laughs) i'll be there oh sunday 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 uh but um so it had to be logan sergeant i think would be my go-to but my other one was to jump on marion the train to marion which was seeing the bad tire strategy from mercedes and that pretty Mm. much cost them a a fourth and third finish yeah definitely cost i would say george russell a podium Potentially, um, but uh, yeah, cost Lewis a P5. I, I think, to be honest, you know, my answer was a bit facetious, but to be honest in terms of what actually happened in that race, not just my predictions about the race, yeah, me too. Obviously, as a Williams fan especially, uh, very encouraged by the pace in the car, as we saw for Albon. And all weekend, really, but for both of them. Exactly, and that actually that's even a bigger disappointment for me as Sargent, uh, his qualifying problems he got into q3 so good on him but then of course couldn't set a time and then uh his uh dnf in the race itself so yeah Yeah. so a lot of promise there for williams but just not maximizing yeah because they had amazing quality too yeah and both of the cars in q3 yeah Yeah. Yeah. and same kind of issue where he just kind of goes off the slightly dry track part of the track on a track that he doesn't quite know he did admit that like he hadn't really done Zandvoort. Uh, F2 doesn't do Zandvoort. Mm. Um, and so that combined with not knowing certain braking zones, and it was always just taking it off the wet, the, the dry to the wet part and going over a curb that he spun out. Well, And in qualifying, he was trying to avoid traffic. Yeah, the qualifying, and, I think that was a clear crash or driver error. But in the race, and I remember when we watched it at your place, I thought I'd heard something about him saying that something had broken on the car or gone down or something and then i did see a, a reference in a headline to vols coming out to say it was a car problem that something had yeah. broken on the car in the race that caused him to have that problem huh. now That's is that more true heartbreaking. is that true on what level did i actually see that i think i did Are you and open? number two or was i dreaming <laughs> yes and is he like is vols just sort of throwing laying himself down to, to, to buy a bit of protection, to buy a bit of time for Logan Sargent. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Funny thing, it, it you just You can't makes find it, anything about I, it? I can, oh, not on the F1 uh, website, at least, yeah. but I can I can probably try and find it during the way, during next when we have a break and sure. uh, type type in Vols, Sergeant, uh, Logan Sargent crash. Gosh, I remember Sargent saying uh, that something lifted in the car when he hit that wet corner, mm. too, that, from what he remembered. And we had not not to jump topics too quickly yet but we did have there, there was a, a lot of times when it got super super bad about halfway through that race where the cars were lifting for hydroplaning or basically hydroplaning but it's so much worse with the ground effect because it just lifts them off and tires can't even grip the they're not yeah. even on the track at some points and that's what caused Perez to go off and and uh, and and Guan Joe to go off and so yeah uh Sergeant, I just remember Sergeant just saying, they asked him, Logan, are you okay? And he goes, no, I crashed the car. And like, we need you to say you're okay. He's like, yeah, I'm okay. 
So, so the Williams fan in me had to look it up. There and go. There it, we go. It, it, the headline reads here, actually, Sargent explains. And so I, I think I did also read something about uh, the, the t- team principal there at Williams doing the same. But this is attributed to Sargent himself saying that he had a hydraulics failure and lost power steering. Ooh. That's, so that's that's what I mean. That's what yeah. they're saying, right? So, you, like, I'm not saying anyone is uh, fabricating any information, but at the same time, you know, how how do we know? Yeah. At the end result, okay, if it was a problem with the car, he lost his power steering. You could understand where that would, you know, for a millisecond, to not have that. That would throw him off and could lead to a crash. But at the end of the day, do we really know? No, we don't really. No, know. Really yeah. Can't. Until we're not there with the uh, all the tech and everything sure. that, they, that they have in that. But all the data and stuff. All the data. The, the fancy numbers. Yeah. All that track data that tells them what they need to do for the car, like as Martin Brundle would say. <laughs> um, so we, don't, we got Miami 23 here just because we played two. Sure, might as well, might as well, well go finish for the, uh, the trifecta. Exactly. Right. Um, but on that note, I think that, yeah, there were some, there's some sad moments in that, in this race, but there was also, like, I would say it's this in Canada 20 th- this year specifically i think are the top two for me right now right now at least oh for sure this is is i think for so me the delivered. most interesting the most exciting race of the season yeah um i and i say interesting and exciting separately because to me those are two different things a race can be sometimes exciting but maybe not interesting as a race itself or vice versa yeah. but for me it was both because you had just so much going on so many different strategies, so many different tire options, so much different weather. Uh, you had a safety car, you had a virtual safety car, you had a red flag. I think you had everything. And that was before lap 30. On yeah, that, exactly. Tires. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you had people on full wets. When was the last time we saw full wets in a race? Uh, you had a rolling, you had a rolling start. Yeah, oh my um, gosh. Yeah, and it was like, just, you had everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and I, I remember I remember you and Reese. Uh, which, by the way, we gotta find out sometime in season two of our of the F World when next season starts. We gotta get you and Reese to watch races with mics on, um, <laughs> and so that way we can release that audio footage before the memes come in. Because I think you predicted you and you and him predicted every single meme that came out Sunday and this morning. We were doing well, and I think. Yeah. Credit to him; he was the one who made the uh, the red flag call uh, before it came out. So I think he really he manifested that. <laughs> that was yeah. So good, which uh, you know that was another. I I think that's a bone to pick. I want to I want to definitely want to talk about the Sergio Perez red flag because that kind of I don't know it makes sense, but it also about does, kind of bugs me about why it wasn't in sixth place at the at the rolling start. But whatever, that's conspiracy theorist in me. But he um, actually he was in third for the rolling start, was he not? Yeah, yeah. but he had crossed the line so, yeah, to right. start the lap in six and then mm. he just put him in third because he went in and so it was yeah I, right yeah so that, that was because remember us we were all saying like why is he in third instead of all right six in that um what else i'm just i'm trying to think of what else there was what what not only what else there well, was but everything happened in the first 20 laps it, yeah <laughs> and that's the thing i think it was around lap 18 that um I don't know if it was Walter or Reese was like, it feels like we're halfway through the race already and we're not. Yeah. Because so much has happened. Yeah, everything there was who was who caused the yellow who caused the safety car? Which time? Um, the fir- the first time. Was it was it Charles or was it Logan that caused the safety car? I, I think it was Sargent who caused the actual safety car and then the VSC might have been Zhou Guang Yu. 
And then you turn, and then that turned and into the red flag. And then it turned into a red yeah, flag. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Or or maybe they red flagged that right away. I can't recall, but there was both the safety car and the yeah. and the VSC virtual. It, it was the virtual. There was the VSC because that's what let that's what had Paris go in to do the pit to do right. the change. Right. Yeah. And then they red flagged it completely. Right. Oh, was it Ocon that was super pissed that he was on the wet tire? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he was the first one to go on it, yeah. uh, which turned out to be the tire to be on, but he was not happy at the start there. Yeah, no. Was, why, why of that this? stint with the full wet. Yeah. yeah. And eventually everyone was going to go do it, and then they just red flagged it until the rain came by and stopped. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, it's it's everything. Um, I think this, I know it's very much just uh, pick and choose your highlight, but, like, what, what what is the one that stands out to each of you? Um, I'm just trying to think. Uh, for me, oh, Lewis did get fourth place. Well, yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, I'm gonna sound like such a Williams fanboy. I am a Williams fan, but not necessarily a fanboy. But this will sound like it. I, I gotta, I gotta say, it was Albon's drive. His whole weekend for me was a high, a standout, because he was again just dragging that car around, uh, really showing some pace in it. And so, especially for me in in the race, that would be a standout. His his drive because mm-hmm. he went forty what laps For, on the soft 40, tires through the yeah, rain. Forty two, yeah. <laughs> everything. He's he's the yeah forty plus forty two or forty five. Yeah, maybe even forty five. Oh my god, literally. on the same set of soft tires through all that rain. Yeah, Dude, the fir- literally it was the, insane. Yeah, the first, and he was sixth. Yeah, I, I think he, he was up he, at third he, at some point. Yeah, he was he was in third for a while. Yeah. He was he could have finished in fifth or sixth. Yeah, he, and then they, the tire strategy messed yeah, him they, up. Yeah, they parts, did. So. I think leave him out a little too long. I think they were banking on that uh, the last sort of rain that they got being maybe heavier. Yeah, and, and so then everyone would have to come in, and that's when he would come in. It didn't really turn out that way. Uh, so yeah, ultimately I think uh, live by the sword, die by the sword. He, he <laughs> did well to take those tires that far. But in hindsight, it was too far. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. I'm trying to find it because I literally saw a, a meme of the, the tire whisperer, but for um, uh, Alex Albin, which yeah, was like right. the first one that you, you and Reese, one of the first ones that you and Reese like predicted. Yeah. Was yeah where, sure. When's the tire so whisperer that's, coming that's, out? That's mine. How about you, Marion? Um, I'm, I'm going to have a little bit of national pride here and say mm. French team, French driver on third. That's fair. Yeah. Yep. Just, just Gasly getting that podium and and just the excitement, mm-hmm. and even like Lewis Hamilton giving him the attaboy before he talks to the reporters. It was just, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's a very good point because I think there were pretty high expectations on Gasly when he made the switch from Alpha Tauri. Um, I think he's glad for having made the switch because look at Alpha Tauri; they're in last in the constructors with three points. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I don't think by anyone's standards, even Gasly's himself, that he's really lived up to that expectation just yet. Yeah. But of course, uh, in the race, that that finish of his is a, a good first step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I, I like completely agree with all that. I, for my highlights, I don't know. It's it's tough because it's a it's a three way it's a three way tie. I'm first of all, Marion. I'm so proud of you because I for sure thought you were going to say fastest lap faster martin's first fastest lap and another p and another podium finish for fernando alonso i thought that was gonna be your highlight but i'm it was so a close proud call. Of, well that's yeah. the world's was, highlight was, let's be let's be fair call, that's the world's highlight <laughs> that's every driver's yeah, highlight seeing fernando the on the podium is, again alonso's been like my highlight every time he's podiumed fair every enough. time he's podiumed right gasly it's like 
I, I'm sorry, but it just it it wins it for freshness alone. Is is it better than Esteban Ocon's in uh, Mon- Monaco? Because mm. that was also I think that was the last time we had a a true wet weather race too was Monaco. Yeah. Or up and down. I one. mean, yes. He's he like yeah, I don't know. but not by a lot. Yeah. But I think because Monaco, there was. Other things that were my highlight, which I can't think of right now, which is it great. was Fernando. It, it, it was, was a long yeah. time. Ago. It was yeah, Fernando. No, yeah. you know what? It was because Fernando almost. I I was convinced that Red Bull had messed up on their strategy, and that Fernando was gonna get first. Yeah, he and I, that that would have. And I was so distracted that by that that like, Esti Besti on third was <laughs> was all right. Yeah, I think I think someone actually did prove the point you're you're i remember fighting you on this yeah. going into it but someone did prove the mathematical point that fernando would have won if they had got switched him onto inters mm, first yeah and probably. not done the what he actually yeah. would have won it because yeah. max couldn't have done it and at that point he just would have defended to the point where max couldn't pass him mm. and there was no way that he could have so it's like ah uh, that cost us <laughs> that cost us the great yeah loss and uh, it's it's Monaco as well too. As, like as that's well as the uh, the Aston win, which yeah. everyone's been pulling for, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of interesting stats related to that. Gasly, this was his uh, first podium since Azerbaijan in 2021. Yeah. Mm. So it's been a long time coming for when, him on when the podium. Did he finish? Where did he finish on that one? Uh, in 2021? Yeah. I mean, I don't recall. You'd have to look it oh, up. Okay. Well, here we go. The other one too. He's been pointless in his last three races. So, again, I really understand why he'd be so excited. And then just talking about Alpine as well, uh, Alonso having moved very famously from Alpine last year, this year with Aston Martin, and I'm just reading this off F1.com. I didn't look <laughs> these up myself. Uh, in the first 13 races this season with Aston Martin, he scored 168 points. That is more than he did in the entire two seasons with Alpine. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, like, is that... More than Ferrari too, like one of his, and like probably the last time he's at McLaren too. Maybe, yeah, yeah. he's he's definitely seeing a resurgence. So uh, understandable why Gasly was so uh, excited about his his podium in that race, and it was a good drive to get there, and the team performed well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that car looked fast. That car yeah, looked, looked good. properly fast. Yeah, it really handled that wet weather right. Um, everything was put. He did. He really did. And the fact that like Gasly got a five-second penalty that mm-hmm. he served in the race. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I like how he pointed that out to the reporter, right? Because a lot of... I'm assuming a lot of the kickback to that would have been, yeah, but you only got third because of a five-second penalty. And so it was out. very mm. clever for him to mention that, that during... That he also got a five-second penalty. Yeah, yeah, because it reminds everyone that, like, well, no, it's not because there was a five-second penalty because I had one, too. So it's yeah. one-to-one. And he served it in the race. I actually am really, yeah. I hope next year they make a rule that you have to serve them in the race or it becomes a 10 second penalty. Well, the problem, the problem with that though, mm, yeah. uh, mathematically, ahead. it's not going to work, right? Because if you get a penalty on the last lap, right? Or if you get a penalty and you don't need to change right. tires. That's for me, that's the bigger one. Right. Then you're not actually losing five seconds. Because you have to slow down to get to it's the a, pit lane. A forced pit stop. So that makes a five second penalty a twenty eight second penalty. Exactly. Yeah. I hate like when that you is so worse. <laughs> I don't like this. <sighs> Fine, whatever. So they could <laughs> they destroy my dreams while, while they, they're at it. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and I think they do make it mandatory. If you do pit, then you have to serve it at that time. Yeah. Totally, yeah. So, it's, yeah, there's, there's no other way to do it. You serve think. it as soon as possible, but the possible point is is the yeah. point yeah right if it's not possible for you to pit because it's not part of the strategy you don't need tires um it's the last lap whichever like yeah you're gonna turn into a 20 28 30 second penalty instead of a five mm. better just to knock it off at the end of the race mm-hmm. yeah now b- unless you're esteban and uh yeah in a bar they, they could go the other way <laughs> and just take five seconds off of the entire field's time what? <laughs> yeah, just, add, just make add, everyone's time five seconds quicker. Yeah, I. What, speaking of the five seconds, what I absolutely love is when every race, when you see that five second penalty come up, it is such a close five seconds. It mm. costs you so much. Like literally from yeah, P two, sure. you can go from P two to P fourteen in five in, seconds in the midfield. Now that's very true. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. happened. I think yeah. that's like what Paris was going to be under too for a bit of time was how what was serving. It was like, Oh, he'll just drop right to like out of the points. Man, Paris. Oh my Holy gosh. Cow. What a, what a, what a highway robbery. Of we, him uh, being, I haven't done my, I haven't done my, my <laughs> highlight yet. Cause it's, cause my highlight. Oh yeah. You said there were like seven. So yeah. So I, I have one specifically Pick one. You said there like, three. I, yeah. I wasn't done talking about Alpine though, because okay. I want, cause this was the first one without Otmar or mm-hmm. Laurent Rossi in mm-hmm. charge. Good point. So does it now, is it like, I think you, uh, Walter, you and Reese were talking about this. I think Reese even said, Oh, I feel bad for Otmar mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Right. But I also kind of do to a point how because i would have loved to have seen him outside of laurent rossi's um regime mm-hmm. to yeah. see how well yeah. he could do yeah. but i think historically actually no because historically when you look at who he who his bosses were for every since he's been in f1 they've all been pretty borderline tyrannical <laughs> in in some ways mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um not to like insult them but just like that's just, just their style yeah yeah um so i would have liked to see what otmar would have done uh outside of that kind of style of management but at the same time like i just think it's good i think i think this is great for alpine and renault new management mm-hmm. new owners mm-hmm. really new money new money with with those new part-time owners some canadian money in there yeah. now um which I think we see how how well, far I, canadian money goes i, hope, I was gonna say i hope, it's, an, I hope yeah. it's american money but canadian backed yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm i don't think so really honestly um and then you got uh, I don't know. I just I think you really got a chance to see kind of what we saw at the earlier beginning of the season when you really let the drivers drive. Uh, what we saw with um, I think like really until I don't know, almost like probably Canada mm-hmm. that we really got to see the Alpine drivers really drive. Um, Azerbaijan had some problems too, but uh, so I just think it was a okay. all around good thing for Renault. Agreed. My actual highlight though, and this is going to cause some little stir. I know. Was Liam Lawson in P what which which one am I in P thirteen finishes P thirteen mm. above Yuki Sonoda P fifteen. Hmm. Granted, there was some tire changeups and weather yeah. p- things that caused uh, yeah. that it's, caused that changeup because yeah. Sonoda could had some damage too. Did he not? Yeah, Sonoda hit hit. I think he hit Russell. Yeah, and caused a front wing changeup, yeah, yeah, yeah. which makes it really tough because it gets so slippery right. in um, the rain. Uh, but Liam Lawson mm. in P13 okay. was, I think, a highlight. Mm. I've been wanting Lawson in ever since DeVries was gone. Interesting. Um, even like, I, I I wanted DeVries to do well, wanted Lawson in. I just think it's great to have the great comeback of Danny Rick absolutely fail. Um, <laughs> really? For another couple more couple more races. I don't know. Why? I just I 
because I, I feel like Danny has had his chances. I, I do like Danny mm-hmm. Ricardo. Okay. I, I would have loved if he came in, scored a bunch of points, and was like, oh, okay, this is the driver we've been waiting to see from like 2016, 2017, but re- and even 18 to a point. But he just wasn't there. Uh, and I just think that Liam Lawson uh, has really proven himself proved, proved himself a lot in, F, in F2 a couple of years ago and literally took a, the Super Formula gig this year and i think last season too but specifically this year because there wasn't a driver a drive for alpha Tauri this year and for him to come in and literally do the best that any of their second drivers have done this season well no where did, where did rick go in rick for his first for the season Who, who's rick Danny Rick, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. I you were talking about Rick DeVries. I'm like, no, no, it's oh, Nick. Oh, Nick. sorry. No, <laughs> uh, Ricardo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so his, uh, his first race, race right, Only was race. 13th. Yeah, which is Liam Lawson. Which is the same, yeah. Mm, and then yeah. the next one was P16. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So he and, did, oh, I didn't and know. And that's all two. we've had. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. know he so, did two. Yeah, I thought sec- he only did the one. Second race wasn't, arguably, was not as good as its first. Um, the car is terrible. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I like I like your take. I, it's an interesting point because I, I'd say you're not wrong. I mean, your first comparison was to Zenoda and he had some damage. But, yeah, he finished ahead of Botas, who that car is terrible as well. Uh, I don't think he had damage, <laughs> so there he. I think he probably beat him on pace. He beat Magnuson, who had been up in what sixth at some point, eighth. Yeah, Magnuson yeah. had that Haas way, there. way, way up there. But I think their tire strategy kind of failed them a little bit as well. Um, and he beat he beat Russell, um, but I think Russell had a. A puncture and and didn't he, he had finish, a finish right? he had a, yeah yeah. yeah yeah and like the other thing that I I'm looking the stat the stats up for now Liam Lawson by the way another good Australian kid um just for just really taking in the Danny Ricardo so he joined Super Formula because there was no drive for F1 he is currently second place okay. in in Super Formula he is going to lose that second place this weekend because of because yeah. he he went into he did the F1 race. So and he would have he had a really good chance to take first in Super Formula. He still has. It's not that he's going to lose a whole bunch. Um, mm. I, I think the person who came, who finished third in this last race, I'm looking up, uh, who's sorry, who's currently third in the championship, did not get enough points to surpass him, or just barely surpass him. So he didn't really lose it. So he's outstanding. Doing he's doing great in his one of his first seasons in Super Formula. Really takes a gamble into this. You're going into arguably the worst car on the grid right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, sure. Not even like. Literally, because Williams isn't the worst car anymore. No, uh, no Williams is no. right in the middle of of the pack. Yeah, um, we'll see what's going to happen with Alpha with um, Alpha Romeo, uh, and that because I don't think it's terrible. I just don't think it's great. But then Alpha Tower is just a really cheaply built car in general. So, and the point is, it takes a gamble on getting this, and you really have to prove that he he deserves the seat. And I think he did. I do think to. Walter, where you've mentioned a lot of times, it is incredibly insulting to Nick DeVries. <laughs> well, yeah. I, do we know that he was maybe unavailable or maybe he turned them down? I mean, we'll never know. But the assumption is, of course, that they didn't even ask him. Yeah, I don't um, know they did. But did they ask him and he said no? Did they ask him and he was unavailable? I don't know all the details, but on the surface, yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> it's a pretty pretty big slap in the face. Yeah, it like quite quite literally, right? Also, another fun thing, Liam Lawson currently in this season has the most points you could have won, gotten in a Super Formula race with 27. 
Okay. Because you win, you, I think it's like 20, 25 to win, but and then you get... Wasn't DeVries like a, a super lower formula champ as well? Not super formula, but he was all... um he was, F, he was an F3 champion, yeah. F2 champion, yeah. and FE and, champion. Right. All so that, in the last three years. That's my point. Yeah. Those successes don't always translate. I mean, you need to be a good driver, but you need to have the support system. You need to have the, the mentality. There's just so much that goes into it. And you need to be in a car that sort of suits your style, and I think... All you have to do is look at this discrepancy between Verstappen and Perez to know that, you know, <laughs> yeah. driving style, even in a fast car, can affect things. And so, yeah, yeah, it's good to see those successes in the lower formulas, but or formulae, if you will. But uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't always translate. Fair, fair enough. I, I completely agree with you. Fair enough. So I'm not, I'm not going to take take that away. But I just think it's, I just think it's great to see our. A, t- a predicted talented driver who really takes a chance to lose what could be sure. a, a championship essentially sure. and does pretty decent yeah. like Didn't... not better or worse than their second best yeah right like Didn't right where miss a, an f2 race to do something in f1 sergeant no i can't remember no yeah hmm. i don't know but uh yeah so that, that was my i think yeah. that was my highlight i finally yeah. got to it's see good liam like Lawson it. on no, there. i like it's it it's a, it's bit a good different. take yeah yeah but yeah, I just uh, is, this really is a pick and choose race, and we can talk about anything that happens, <laughs> right? Like I said, like we've all said before, it was a it was a great race. Uh, so much, especially happened. coming back after the break, you know, where there's been no racing for three weeks and and no F one racing for three weeks, and and everybody's you know really eager to see the race, and it really, you know, just imagine had it been a boring snooze fest, that would have mm-hmm. been terrible for F one. So good on them, yeah. Even uh, during the red flag, I loved seeing, I will say, I love seeing how they do things in, in the Netherlands. They got everyone dancing right away, mm-hmm. up, jumping. I remember uh, I, I Reese was like, well, why would they do this? Like, well, it keeps them warm, right? Yeah, there them, is that. Sure. I think, was, so I think they were all it excited. It keeps, keeps them entertained, too, during the red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. And they did, they did a good job of uh, banning the uh, orange smoke flares this year. Yeah. Because they had said they were going to, like, proactively really ban them and, I guess, search people's bags because in past years, and there's a great video clip of Alonzo, I guess it would have been last year, could have been the year before that. No, I think it was last year. There's, there's uh, Going through the smoke and he's saying, oh, it's quite smoky. And he's like, oh, it's really smoky. Yeah. And, it, and that was at the end of the race, granted. But even during the race I rem- in previous years, yeah. it's been a bit of a thing. So I, I think they've done, the organizers there at that particular race, I've done a lot of work to try to improve things because the smoke mm-hmm. flares were an issue. Ooh. And there were some issues with the crowds not being really true sports people and sort of, you know, going beyond just booing the other people, but sort of maybe harassing fans who might be wearing a Hamilton jersey or what have you. So well, it that was, this year was uh, a bit better. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I was actually telling teacher manager Aaron Levy that since the Netherlands, the Dutch Grand Prix has been back because mm-hmm. it was away for a while yeah. and then came back. Yeah. There, it has the highest amount of police mm. and uh, crime. That's interesting. Uh, calls in surrounding the race weekend, nope. also at the races. Yep. It has it has the most hate cr- designated mm. hate crimes mm. in history of yeah. the sport. Yeah, specifically in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the Lewis Hamilton stuff. And this year, there are over a dozen people turned away. Oh, there you go. And and like completely. You're not getting refunded. You know because of smoke. They found okay. smoke flares Good. and they turned them away. Yeah. Over a dozen, yeah. and then. Uh, I guess they said like when when uh, they show when they finally said if you have it we're you're just turned away people were dumping them in trash cans. Mm. Uh, is what yeah, rules, rules, laws, um, regulations, and policies always yeah. work when you enforce them. That article is currently <laughs> from racefans.net. I 
I do have a question. Do we have a clear idea of why Nick DeVries was let go? Uh, I mean, short stories that he was because he sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, but I'm I'm wondering if there was any more personal reasons. Mm. I'm just I'm looking up, you know, even um, and I, on like RacingStats.com. Yeah. And they have 2023 F1 drivers. They have um, Liam Lawson on here. Mm-hmm. They even have Robert Schwartzman, who's just been on for free practice a couple okay. times, right? Mm-hmm. And this is supposed to be the list of all 2023 drivers. DeVries is nowhere on that list. He's under mm-hmm. it on the just complete list of yeah, all Formula 1 drivers. And mm-hmm. I, I should qualify my statement. You know, I'm saying facetiously he sucks. Obviously, he was in F1. He just underperformed in that car yeah. and to the expectations. Obviously, he, he has yeah. some skill. Like, I, I personally think that like I'm not going to sugarcoat it here. I think the Williams team would be far mm. ahead of where it is right DeVries. now yeah. if DeVries was in there with Albin. I, I think you're right. I think they'd be yeah. like... Williams right now has 15 points in the 23 constructors. Yep. Alpine is 73. I don't think they'd be past Alpine, but I think they could no. potentially be taking the fight to Alpine right now, especially yep. post-Canada when their big upgrades, uh, upgrades came Yeah. In. No, I agree. I, I really, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he proved that he could drive that Williams car when he drove the Williams car and scored points. On his, so, de- <laughs> on his official debut. Yeah, yeah, debut, you're right. right. So. Yeah. Double points, not just one point. Yeah, that's a good take as well. Yeah, uh, I'm not a sergeant hater. Um, I wish no. he could. I wish he'd stop crashing the car. <laughs> you know, I wish he'd just score some points. You know, yeah, you like have tenth both. place finish. I'll take both. Yeah. Well, so far he's been closer than Devries. He's he's made it to P11. He's had two crashes, but um, Devries well, at have least had two in a race, and he's had lots of quality crashes and yeah. practice crashes yeah, yeah, yeah. and. He's uh, to me. He's knocking on the door of Mick Schumacher for costing the team a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. No, he's that is he's true. definitely and definitely the, getting up there. But yeah, and the, the sad part for me with Logan Sargent has always been that like when he does race yeah. and qualify, he always like goes really far up to the top mm-hmm. in the leaderboards, and then just gets shuffled down yeah. when everyone yeah. gets stuck in the slipstream and can outpace him. So well, yeah. I would love to see Williams release him at a different time. Yeah. So that he can get the slipstream and bump up and get bumped mm-hmm. up, and yeah. like you look at what happens, and especially like this last race in Zandvoort, Zandvoort's a race a racetrack that's not supposed to suit the Williams at all, mm. and like they were doing great. Yeah, there was a point where like they literally had a Verstappen, Verstappen didn't have as much dominant sectors in the race as Logan Sargent on qualifying right, day, right. and then Albin changed it over, and like, so I think like I don't I know, wonder it's just. I don't know what's going on. He's just in his head. I, I don't think Williams would do this because they don't tend to be as ruthless with their drivers as, say, a team like, oh, I don't know, Red Bull. But <laughs> I wonder if they might let Sargent go and bring DeVries in. I wonder if they could. Like, I don't know how the contracts are worked out, if DeVries is still technically under contract to Alpha Tauri or to the Red Bull Empire. Yeah. But, you know, they could knock on the door and say, hey, listen, can we borrow him for a while? I don't think they would because I, I predicted Jamie Chat. I I predict them bringing Jamie Chat right because they have the their season. own reserve driver, obviously. Yeah. But just being the reserve driver, as we well know, is not uh, always proof of being the one called on to do the racing. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Especially, I, but usually, usually the reserve drivers overlooked for someone with more experience. So I don't know if that mm. would happen with someone like Debris. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think what's really also really interesting is if uh, you follow Sebastian Vettel on his specifically his Instagram account, he's usually not very active. Is he's he actually getting, using it? I thought he only had that one retirement post. No, that's the thing. He's been a bit more active oh, okay. now. Cool. Um, he's been very very proactive on um, 
endorsing sustainable fuels. He's, mm. he's actually was work. He's I think I read somewhere that he's Red Bull reached out to him because Red Bull got the okay from the FIA to relook at the 2026 regulations, mm-hmm. and they reached out to Sebastian because Vettel's been very very pro. Let's look at other fuel sources other than the MGUH battery because mm-hmm. right now the 26 engine is basically a big the combustion engine is just a big fancy battery recharger. And I think they're like, no, this is a huge problem. So they reached out to him recently. I, I saw um, he's working with them. But he, he has been posting his first season. Mm. Uh, he actually, And one of the first things he said, I remember, was was like, because of all the toughness on Nick, and it was right after the Knicks mm. have happened, he started posting his first season. And it's like, ah, uh, this race I didn't finish past P15 or this race. Mm. Uh, yeah. This. And yeah. he's really showing that the first season of F1, you're not really point. You're like, yeah, Piastri sure. getting consistent point scoring recently is very unheard of atypical is very yeah yeah, it's typically is very atypical Mm. when you're first starting and it really wasn't um arguably like in the modern day as you look at it it really wasn't until fernando and lewis came in that it became a Mm. consistent thing Mm. even schumacher michael schumacher wasn't consistently getting points in when he first started right even for stamping in his first few races at least was stamping that's incorrect for stamping no he was crashing wasn't he Crashing in DNF, but for Stappen yeah. has never. Well, when he's finished a race, okay. he's never been lower than P10. When he's finished a race, he's but finished I, a race. I, he did crash out or DNF in some of his early races, though I thought when he came for, into yeah. F1, like when yeah. he was still in Toro Rosso and yeah. getting used to the yeah. car and everything. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing that he's the only times he's not never oh. scored. The only times he hasn't scored that's points impressive. is when he's DNF. Yeah, that's impressive. So literally, and that's what I think where it gets so tough with the Red Bull is like their last like time that they brought a rookie in, a heavy rookie from mm-hmm. the, the develop. Has always scored points, mm, right. so that level of pressure. Yeah, I call so them ruthless, high. but it works. You know. Yeah, and and Albon was a Red Bull driver. Driver. He apparently there's another I mean, set where apparently Albon has scored more points, and he's consistently been better in Williams than he has mm, uh, Red, in Bull. Red Bull. Yeah, he's he's so you know yeah. what changed? Well, the team environment's different, obviously, but he obviously matures as well. It's probably a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. I think what makes F one so gr- F one as a sport so great is that it is always column A, B, C, and D. Mm, exactly, all yeah. mean so yeah. much together. That's true, right? Yeah, but yeah, I don't know, Nick. I, just, I feel bad for Nick. There's there's the two occasions he where he scored lower than P ten. <laughs> really? I had to look it up. I'm no sorry, way. I had to look it up. Okay, which one? Azerbaijan 2021. He came in 18th. Wow. Okay. And really? um, but he DNF'd that. That was a puncture. That was a DNF. It says 18th. Well, that, some you know what? I have a question about that. I don't. Then, I don't know how it works. Like this race, uh, the Dutch Grand Prix, uh, Russell is qualified as finishing, although I don't think he finished. So I, I don't know how they work that out. Yeah, Anyways. it says it says yeah, R yeah, if yeah. it's full retirement, and then 15th in. I don't know what GBR is short for. Great Britain. Great Britain. There we go. Silverstone. And what what? Uh, what sorry, year? in 2018 with Red Bull. With Toro Rosso on his debut year, oh. he came in 17th, 11th, 15th, 12th, 16th, See, and had four retirements within that season. Yeah, it's a bit semantics, DN- maybe. DNF, it's, though. It's a bit... DNF, though. Because each, each one of these... You can still DNF be classified. Though. Yeah, you're. St- I think yeah. she's just looking at classified, but you're, you're sort of putting in the caveat as, as when he finishes. And so you can not finish a race... But still, place in a position. Yeah, right. Like NC means like so not you're both compete. right. Yeah, so yeah, basically, not classified. NC is not classified. Yeah, to be, yeah. 
Will marry Ange. There we go. We're so all, you're both, we're both right. right. Yeah, we don't have to hate each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, she's just she's focused. No, right sorry, now. I'm focused. Yeah, it's because they they give a full R when it's like a retirement. Well, a retirement what? is different than a yeah. DNF. What whip? Yeah, is that? so that's also different. Because I'm and looking. I, I think that's what the little R beside the number is. Yeah, and I'm looking up on F1. Dot yeah. com. What are you looking up? Uh, racing stats. Racing stats. GP oh, racing oh. stats. But yeah, it still looks like his first year wasn't. Um, it. Uh, it's. Do you want? You guys want to hear something? Still really pretty funny? impressive, okay. actually. So yeah. it's it's a little off topic. It's not Formula One based, but because um, <laughs> because uh, because I go to like CFL games right now, okay. I, was, I finally got the, my dream to report on the BC Lions as a reporter and that. But um, when we are in the press boxes, we don't use the CFL official stats okay. because their databases are so broken and not up to date okay um the ones that we get sent and everything so we use a, a website called football db for football database for all like our stats and everything mm. that's our main stat thing because they update it as the minutes go mm. they have the teams watching and updating the stats and so whenever we get asked uh um oh, what can we do more for you <laughs> we could always say like can you give us better, a better stats? yeah can yeah. You give us a, a cfl official stat block yeah <laughs> they can't so fun fact for well you. there's a behind the scenes look at sports current, journalism current cfl <laughs> problems thanks frank thanks commissioner ambrose we don't like you um back to the oh, races, you shouldn't though. say that you're gonna get your, your credentials <laughs> no, revoked man no yeah, I don't, like yeah no i'll go on record no one likes that commissioner right now okay um yeah he Anyways, back Moving to the on. races. Back to the races. Mm. Um, I just love the fact that P6 for this Netherlands, the last Grand Prix, from P6 to P12, there is a... Oh, sorry. From P, P6 to P10, there is a Mercedes engine in the ah, points. Interesting. <laughs> so, there we go. And like like always, the Great White Hope, so, Great White North Hope so of Lance Stroll, P11, not in the points. So you're saying Mercedes builds a lot of mediocre engines? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Technically, there was one in the top t- in the on the podium, so there we go. That counts. Okay, but I'm driven by Fernando Alonso. Yeah. Um, or are you saying that it's 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 obvious at this point that Mercedes's problem is not their engine? That one. There we go. Well, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone's ever said it's the engine. I think it's been pretty clear. It's the yeah. aerodynamics. Well, I mean. Car. It'd be the hard to blame philosophy. it on the engine with Alonso. Yeah, no, you yeah. just can't. And there's a, there's a there's a Mercedes engine in the Williams still, is yeah. it not? Yeah, yeah, still is. They were actually looking to get the Honda engine, and then Aston Martin won the bid. Mm. So there we go. It's going to be interesting. I I don't know. Was, I think I was watching. Um, definitely was 2016. I was watching this in 2016 with my uncle because he's now getting into F1. And nice. He's like, what, what's what wants to watch? And Reese and I were like 2016. If you want to watch one in the modern era, yep. 2016 is the season to watch. And he and my uncle, not saying it, was like, I kind of want to watch a season where Lewis doesn't win it. Because mm-hmm. um, he's like, well, that would be so much more exciting. Sure. So 2016 is the one we watch. And I finally got him to the, um, I, I made him watch. He doesn't watch them all in order, but now he do, does want to watch them all in order. But I got him, I made him watch that the race where uh, Fernando Alonso does the like, it's a GP2 engine. Oh, GP2 yeah, engine, guys. Classic, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> he's getting passed by right. everyone. Oh, uh, it was, that one brings a smile to my face. I, I sound, I found, I heard a soundbite of that one and it just made me laugh. It's a classic. It's, it's a good time. Yeah. Speaking That's, of uh, people coming into the sport, I was. At a retail establishment the other day, uh, the liquor store. And ahead of me in line was a gentleman purchasing some, as you do at the liquor store, liquor. And the person staffing the cash register said, oh, you know, do you have any plans for the weekend? 
And this guy says, yeah, I'm just going to watch the race. And I'm actually two people back. There's someone behind him and then me. And I'm like, <laughs> excuse me, sir, when you say watch the race, are you referring to the F1 race? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, awesome. There and and just with the casual nature that he said it, he said it like the, the person staffing the cash desk would know what that meant. And I don't think that person did know what that meant. So uh, he said he's a new fan to the sport, but he was just that casual. But he's like, yeah, I'm going to watch the race. Nice. Yeah. I, I can confirm that most people don't know no, what that no, is because sure. this whole week it's been, what are you doing on Sunday? Oh, I'm going over to a buddy's place to watch the race. Mm. What race? What race? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I find that people don't know what F1 is either. No, it That's doesn't. Exactly. One. When you say, oh, the F1 race, they're like, what's what? that? Yeah. It was that Formula yeah. One car racing. He's like, was it car racing? Yeah. But more what? people are get definitely more people getting into it. Yeah, so yeah. that's a good thing for. Uh, last time I was at a liquor store establishment, I uh, there was a big promotion for Aston Martin gear. Oh, if you cool. buy a certain, really? um, I, th- I forget what 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 brand it was, but it was a brand I didn't like, so I didn't do anything. And also just the chances of it. I, I remember asking this person like, "Hey, if I buy this, will I just get the? I just want the umbrella, right? Like they had an umbrella. They was like, "What do I need to pay to get the umbre- umbrella?" And like. I think the chance to get the umbrella is you have to buy like five cases of this. I was like, I'm not oh. buying five cases of alcohol. Yeah. How much? Like, can I give you ten dollars for my wallet? Right. To buy this umbrella right. that probably costs like three dollars to make. They said no. Hmm. So if you ever around liquor stores in BC, there's there's um Aston Martin umbrellas. Oh, that's cool. To potentially, you, you'd well, be. most <laughs> I think Canadian legislation is that any contest related to a retail product has to be able to allow entry without purchase. I think that's a law. So mm. every contest mm. you see, there's always a link for enter without purchase. So that is cool. look that up. Yeah. There you, you, also, you don't you, have to buy your stuff. Did you also know that if you go if you get if you buy Crown Royal and you don't get the velvet <laughs> cover, yep. if you ask for the receipt yep. and email Crown Royal, yep. they'll send uh, you one. They will send you nice. it's com- it is like they have it legally complimentary. Nice. It's a legal thing. So they have to send you the velvet bag. So somewhere in my office closet is a velvet bag of Crown Royal filled of with receipts of, or no with velvet I'm, bags. I'm it's, very it's, surprised you don't use this for D and D. I was about to say it is filled with my my dice. It's okay, my, it's a bunch of my extra dice. So we have a uh, good behind the scenes look into sports journalism, Canadian <laughs> retail contests, and Overall. Crown Royal. There you go, guys. Yeah. Hey, you know what? To technically, anything goes on the F world. Technically, it all. <laughs> I was about to say it all makes sense because. That was a huge like. That's what Formula One sponsorships are about. Right? Used yeah. to be, yeah. Yeah, there we go. There you go. Oh my gosh, this race! I just, I'll be honest. I just really love this race. This was a lot of fun. One. It was. Uh, I'm really hoping the next one uh, in Italy will be as good. Um, Italy, of course, known for its high speeds. Well, I was just uh, maybe uh, rain. Yeah. Well, I just. I'm glad you brought that up, Walter, because I was just somebody's got to get us back on track. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought. Gonna say. <laughs> thank you. I, I'm glad you brought that up because. It is Monza. It's like such a historic one, and we have like ten minutes before you have to take your okay. take your unfortunate leave. But let's just go through Monza because it's going to be fun. It's it's Italy. I I thought it was a week later than no, it was. It's back to back, back to back. Yeah, absolutely. So we have Italy, and then we have Singapore. Look on the schedule, and then Japan. So yeah. September back will be to a back fun to back to back. And well, those those yeah. are notoriously well. Japan certainly is all almost always a rain affected race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Singapore, it's a humidity affected race. Yeah. And then Monza for this year, there you were mentioning, Taryn, that it's supposed to be raining. It, it's raining maybe now and heavy rain, so maybe that'll go through to the weekend as well. Yeah, and like, well, I think it was actually talking to you, Marianne, earlier today when you you think you asked me, like, well, why do they red flag it so quickly with Joe? 
And I think, mm. like, remember last year, Japan, they were they had so many visibility problems. Yeah, and no, they almost killed, my, like, two people. My, <laughs> so. my whole thing was, did they, like, I couldn't, it wasn't clear for me if they red flagged for Joe or if they red flagged for the amount of rain because they had the virtual safety car for Joe. And I was wondering if they did red flag for the rain and not for Joe, um, could they have waited just a couple extra seconds till the Perez situation was less murky? Uh, right? I wish they had. Or could they have done it <laughs> earlier before it was so murky? Like I'm I'm just mm. I'm just curious about the timing because he barely had time to break before that line. Well, I well that was also him that doing that, though. Well, it was, but it's just the whole timing of everything, right? Of the red flag being called just I, as I, he asked. I think it was a confluence of both. I think if 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 it just had been that level of rain, I don't know as if they would have red flagged it, but because Joe had crashed with that level of rain, I think that led to the red flag. So yeah, because that's what happened If with, not with for one, then you may not have, have had the other. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think the red flag was more for Joe than it was for the rain, but I think that the rain would have caused everyone to jump into the pits within the next lap to get um, wet tires. And it was Japan, unfortunately, where yeah. the most recent F1 fatality did occur. And yeah, so that's why of, so many of the drivers, was it just last year when that no, happened or was it two years ago? But not not the fatality, I oh, mean, but the, the, the last close year, calls. Yeah, that was last so year. So many of the drivers were incensed because that, it had happened in Japan where an actual yeah. fatality for that very same reason. They had uh, track clearing equipment at a tractor, a forklift on the circuit, and it wasn't red flag. At the same corner. Yeah. 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 And that was because I think Carlos Sainz almost hit it. Pierre Gasly almost hit it. Fernando Alonso almost hit it um, last year. Um, and that's a, and another th- thing is, is that you think of these cars that their whole thing is that they, they have so much spray because of the ground effect. Mm. And it just lit. And what the problem happened with Joe was that it got all this wet this water and wet uh, air got sucked underneath and lifted it up. Yeah, it's hydroplaning, yeah. but not yeah. not the tires. Like no, the in car. a normal car, if you drive down Highway 1 too fast in the rain, your tires will hydroplane. That is right on top of the surface of the water. But it's the car itself in F1. Well, I mean, you, you'd, ha- yeah. you'd, have to be, you'd have to be racing down a flooded highway for the car. The for the car. tires. For the tires to hydroplane in F1. Yeah. No, no. Oh, I mean, no, for for our, for, for our oh, yeah. cars well, to hydroplane without the, it being the tires, right? Because yes. our floors are There's so, so high. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then what was but, the one I'm going to make? Well, we were talking about Monza, and yeah. and you'd asked for my impressions. You know, Monza, of course, I think its nickname is the Temple of Speed. It's it a very is. high speed track, uh, and so look at what car is surprisingly fast. Like I've heard other teams also and commentators express how surprised they are at how fast the Williams is. So, mm-hmm. I'm expecting big things from Williams. Funny enough thing, Rubens uh, Barrichello has mm-hmm. the fa- apparently the one of the fastest recorded laps. Uh, uh, it used to be Juan Pablo Montoya. Yeah, but 2004, Rubens Barrichello, mm-hmm. fastest mm-hmm. recorded lap on the hmm. on Monza. At Monza, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, funny enough, Barrichello until this year yep. had the most penalties given to a single driver in a single race, and now Esteban Ocon took him over. Oh, the most in a single race. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, well, he's had one of the longest careers as well, so it makes <laughs> sense. He's also had more penalties yeah. than other people, but in the in a single race, that's interesting. Yeah, and he was that's really interesting because he was never really known as a driver who pushed the the, the rules or the limits or tried to cheat, if you will. 
Um, I, I, I'm very curious. I'd, I'd like to see what race that was. Uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not doubting it at all. I'm oh, just no, curious no, no, of what yeah. kind of penalties he got. Yeah, because that surprised me when Est- when I heard that Esteban Ocon beat his beat his record. Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. What is this? Uh, but to get back on track in Monza, mm, Monza, yeah, fast tempo yeah. speed. Started for 1922, so before it was an official league. Mm-hmm. It was in there, one of the mm-hmm. first ones of the race. Mariano, yep. you got, Yeah, I see. You got the the stats up there with me yeah. too. Um, what's what is a modern day F1 for for newer fans? That's the you know the um, infamous Verstappen on like on top of Lewis could have been a death there. Yeah, if it wasn't for the, the driver halo, halo. I think the halo there really proved its metal, its worth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, you know funny enough, it is. The last time McLaren won the Grand Prix. And that was Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel Ricciardo right. with, right. with Lando Norris yep. on, on the Poe. That's the shoey. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, uh, Zach Brown has a tattoo of that mm-hmm. track now. Um, man, it's, 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 a, it's, it, a, it's a good one. It's a special race uh, for many reasons. I think, obviously, it's long heritage, as you've alluded to. Uh, the high speeds. Uh, you know, it's because it's a high speed track. That means there's not a lot of corners. Obviously, that's how they get the speeds up. Mm-hmm. But a it, downforce, though, it's an inter- well. There are some high downforce corners. The parabolica being one serious one, uh, but also the the podium celebration there is uh, oh. said to be pretty spectacular. If you ask drivers, and they often are asked, you know, what's your favorite podium? I think the vast majority would say Monza. Yeah, yeah. Regardless yeah. if you're a Ferrari driver or not. But especially if you're a Ferrari driver yeah. on the podium, and then it just goes off. Yeah, I think yeah. that like I, I think I've also heard that the Ferrari drivers feel the most pressure. Mm, sure, that's just the one they. Yeah, that's I think that the, the saying is like expectations if, are pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just saw a really funny quote where from from our our from the person who Aston Martin owes everything to Sebastian Vettel, Professor Seb. Uh, he, I think, sure he's not Lawrence Stroll. No, not Lance Stroll, of well, course. But no, no. <laughs> Sebastian, Sebastian Vettel sat there and studied every car in the grid in yeah, 2022 yeah, yeah, and sure. had like a notepad of yeah, writing things enough. down and fair gave enough. it to the director. So that's yes, so. but did they follow that notepad? <laughs> Clearly, they do must we have. know that that's <laughs> you know, where they well, got? We'll find out sometime. if Lance had just 40 more points, Aston <laughs> would be tied with Mercedes for second. Just 40 points. It's not that hard that he could have gone. I know. You know what I mean? He has the car to get through these points. Sorry. We just need to break another hand. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the thing with Danny Rick. Like, is he going to come back and win the race? Faster. <laughs> yeah, <those laughs> bionic hands. I, I, I think that's only a stroll thing. It was especially. I wonder if they. He's going he's he's to call up stroll. Who was your doctor? Yeah. Who, yeah, who, yeah. who designed what, that cast? What, what did he prescribe you? <laughs> yeah. Who, that's a good yeah. point. Oh, that was my dad shooting my foot. <laughs> no, I'm um, oh, that was a bad joke. But uh, one of the things that we yeah. want to talk about, though, is there's a really fun quote from Sebastian Vettel here, where he's like, "He's like, if you're a racing fan or an F1 fan, you're a Ferrari fan. There's no question about it. And if you're at Monza, you're a Ferrari fan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I don't know. There's something I think I think just I love these quotes of of him and even Fernando Alonso just saying like. The dream for everyone is to win a world championship with Ferrari and to win it at Monza. Yep. To win a, a Ferrari yeah. a, a race, a race yeah. in as a Ferrari driver in Monza mm-hmm. is the dream. And it's like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's to me honestly, it's up there in a way, in a way with Monaco mm-hmm. in in its significance to the sport. Well, and that's what of I was going to. It doesn't gonna... have the glamour, but it's significant. No, and that's that's what I was going to bring up. Right, is that Monza is to Ferrari what Silverstone is to any British mm-hmm. driver. Yep, what fair. Monaco is to any driver. Yep, good point. Right. Yep. 
any driver wants to at least get P1 once in their life in Monaco if they if they had their pick. Sure. Of the, no, absolutely. But team-wise, the British teams and the British drivers definitely want to beat at Silverstone, and Ferrari always mm-hmm. wants to win at Monza. Yeah, and it's it's one of those races I just can't imagine not being in F1. Yeah. 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 It, There's I, some anchor keystone races, like Silverstone, good point, Monaco, obviously, and I think Monza's another. Yeah. yeah, I was. I agree with that. I, I was always. I was always kind of say like, if you're going to watch five, only five races mm-hmm. yep. of F1, yep. Monaco and Monza sure. need to be the two. Need to be two in. The, yeah, they got to be on that there. list. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, fun fact for you guys: you can, if you are rich enough, and there are ways to move around that that title of rich. You can have your wedding on the Monza racetrack. Oh, cool! Right? But, and you can say okay, you can say your I do's by I'm, on the podium. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you're rich enough, you can do that anywhere. You can anywhere. do that anywhere. That's yeah. not the point. That's if not you're point. rich <laughs> enough, not, you could get married on the moon. Yeah, but that's not the point. Apparently, apparently in Italy here, I'm looking this up, they do help people do that if they want. Mm. Uh, as soon as you say, if you're rich enough. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's just. Look, the, the point is, is that you can get married on the Monza racetrack. And now I don't know that's what to a good do thing. in life. So and, yeah. I'm if happy you're rich enough. It may not even be that <laughs> costly. You can get married in the submarine. It, yeah, as long as they let me drive the <laughs> racetrack in my wedding suit, I'm happy. You have to drag the uh, soup cans behind the car, just marry. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then you dent the track and it ends up like Bahrain. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll, well, Monza will actually fix their track, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll just drive uh, CDs of Charles Leclerc's albums. Hmm. <laughs> three you know yeah. just, two records just fine <laughs> I, i'm gonna be the one who drags us off topic now a little bit because uh, as we do come close to my exit time i want to say coming back to the dutch grand prix we're talking about how great it was and i think we agree we're talking about how it had a little bit of everything there was one point at the race and i i just about called it out because again we were watching the race all three of yeah. us together with some other friends it was yeah. fantastic and it was raining and there was a top shot an aerial shot from the helicopter could have been a crane, but I think it was the helicopter. And there was some sort of car on track. It wasn't the safety car, but it was must have been a Marshall's car or something. Turned out that when they zoomed in, it was a um, Volkswagen Golf. But, <laughs> but from the overhead shot, I thought it was a Mini Cooper. <laughs> and I, I, just, I was just going to say it. I then would they, have been. Then they zoomed in and they, they showed it was so a Volkswagen happy. Golf. But I'm like, I was like, oh my God, it's raining and there's a Mini Cooper on the track. I thought, <laughs> I thought we had like the perfect race. The best F-World race ever. So missed it, close. Missed so, it by that so much. So close. Yeah. We tend to get like a half point for that. They, right? they, need, they need to get on that Mini yeah. Cooper stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did, yeah. You, did you see, before you leave, did you see the um, Audi post? Not happened no, um, no. on Sunday no. or Monday. Uh, apparently, it is officially one year since Audi announced that they will be a team. Okay. So they had a special post okay. of like, yeah, they, uh, of all of them standing there with their with their mock car. Mm. It's a the, weird what's going kind of anniversary. Factory. Oh, and speaking so. of posts, uh, and again, we were all well. Certainly, I was slagging Nick DeVries again, but uh, his social media post in reference to his firing, I guess, if you will, from uh, Alpha Tauri. Is a good one to read too. If you haven't His read that, untimely check it out. leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very... He uh, he handled the situation, I think, quite maturely. At okay. least in that social media post, the best that he could have really done. Yeah, it, yeah. Right? yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. Well, speaking of heartfelt goodbyes and that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Walter, it, it, you're off for now. I am off for now, and as I said at the top of uh, today's show, it will be my last regularly scheduled appearance on the live version of the F World here on Civil Radio. 
Uh, but I do hope to make it back from time to time for a few of the special episodes we do mm-hmm. for qualifying, mm-hmm. which I think appear only on the cast. I don't know if they're broadcast on Civil as uh, well. So, sometimes we broad. Sometimes oh, okay. you and I do do them live on awesome. Civil, but we often usually they are we are pod. I'll, uh, I'll definitely try to pop in. You know, like maybe once a month kind of thing. Little cameos, yeah. ad hoc. Yeah. We need you every come Could in. maybe even call in. I don't know if you have the technology oh, here to do, do a call in. I can oh, do that maybe. Oh, we can we organize do that. that. From your yeah. Office. So I'm. As I said, it's the end of my regularly scheduled appearances, but I, I definitely will forever, forever, as long as there's an F world, I will be happy to be part of it at some level. Yeah, we'll have to start calling this the Walter Foreman Memorial. Not Memorial, because you're not what? but like the Walter Foreman's the F world podcast. Like it's, it's, yeah, you'll work it out. Yeah, I trust we'll, you. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. So uh, we'll to, our, it to our homie in Belgium. Yes. Yeah, shoot me a message because it might be your last chance. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Please get in contact with us here. You can, by the way, you can get in contact by either emailing us at thefworld.pod at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram, thefworld.pod at not Instagram. So, uh, it's all there. There. So, Walter, we bid you adieu. Adieu. Mm. All right. Adieu. Well, and as uh, always, to the both of you, I remain yours in racing. P three, baby. P three. Let's go. I had to put this one in here. Amazing. No, but that's exactly why it's a highlight for me. Just his pure joy. So great. So happy for this guy. Yes, that's what I like, baby. I love hearing beeps that's and radio like. chatter. Really it's race. like my favorite sound. Yeah. It's. I wish we could. Oh. I think I have one like sound bite of a good beep. So. Yeah. That's Sergio. I don't really care about Sergio. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's it's when an engineer says anything and then the reply is just beeps. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's why I love like Sonoda or 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 Joe's radio chatter. Yeah. Because it's just. It's just like you what? know. Try 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 to go a little faster. Beep beep beep. I'm trying beep beep beep. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's not happy. <laughs> I, I didn't catch it before, but I want to see what color sign sounds like. Oh, well done. Three five. Oh, it's very difficult out there. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's this time work for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no good. No good. Well, let's, uh, wait, that was. That was a hectic Mid- one. So yeah. P six. P six from P thirteen. Uh, position. Yeah. yeah uh, sorry guys, sorry job done with the pit stops. Uh, thank you for the hard work. Let's uh, let's keep up the fight. It's not the day we wanted. Oh uh, well, he sounds pissed. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I I watching some of the older races. It's really funny because when drivers swear in that, you hear like Martin Brundle and Crofty be like, "What? That's some colorful language. We're really we apologize for that, and uh, we don't want that." And it's because they don't expect them to swear. And they're because they're told not to, so they, yet, actually, they don't get the bleeps. And yet, and yet the team principal. Yeah, exactly right. Gunther. Uh, Gunther. <laughs> Speaking of Gunther and swearing, you've yes. been wanting to talk about the Gunther book on the show for oh, a while now, so and we much. finally we've teased it a bit of time. We've so mentioned much. a couple things, and we need to do for Walter. We'll have to do an episode when Walter comes back for it. But oh my I gosh, I have notes. Give so much notes. On I have the notes. Okay. I'm going to let you just I'm, run with this. I have notes. This is going so, to be the Marianne hour. With yeah. Taryn. Well, no, it'll take me about five minutes because okay. I speak really fast. But um, You do when you get really excited. I, I know. And I'm so excited about the, this the book. The two Red so Bulls doesn't I, <laughs> they, don't, they don't count towards anything. No, they don't. That's, so that's, for, that's those, you up. for those who don't know, um, Gunther Steiner wrote a book called Surviving to Drive. And Great. I decided as soon as I heard about this, 
right i i told taryn okay i will i will read it and i will present do a presentation on air yeah didn't right? you re- didn't you re- hear, hear about it on the show too um Is that when we told you no, you the book? no i don't know if it was on the show but it was from you and it yeah. was uh when we were talking about drive to survive mm, and I, no, I don't think it was on the show then it it might have it might have just been in the discord but yeah, um i I listened to it on Audible because I get like the free credits and I didn't want to spend any money on this bit. And I'm slightly regretting that. I might actually go out and buy it. Yeah, because you have, it's, cause you've told me a bit, bit of it off air and it sounds like you just enjoy this. I kind of want to give oh, the money to the guy. but It's great. It's great. For anyone um, out there who's got any knowledge of Formula One and culinary, it's the equivalent to Anthony Bourdain's um, Kitchen Confidentials. Great it book. is unhinged diary format of the 2022 year and what that was like for Gunther Steiner and Haas. And, you know, I think, so first of all, he reads his own book. So if you get a chance to listen to it on Audible, it's Gunther Steiner actually reading the book, which just adds a whole other layer of amazingness. Um, I think one of the second or third sentences in the book is, whiskey on a bleeping drip that is what i need <laughs> after this year <laughs> except he doesn't bleep because he's not on he's live not radio yeah, he's, he's right designer. He, <laughs> i don't think he knows how to how to filter that i i don't know like he he sometimes goes on these tangents like at one point he went on this tangent about his rally days and how they had to trade beer so that this guy with like an ak-47 could bring them to a hotel so they didn't sleep in the the desert like it is some of the stories are just so out there he opens up about um him getting arrested in monaco in 2022 and and what that was all about and just goes goes into so many different details that no one asked for and it's great Mm. (laughs) um the unhinged details that you, no one needs to know, but everyone also needs to know. Yeah, and and I mean, he goes into explaining some technical decisions as well, or strategies from Haas, like how they made the decision to forego the development for that season, for the 2021 season, so that they could focus on developing the next car. And so they kind of just relaunched the 2020 car, but like sla- slightly differently packaged. For 2021? Yeah. Yeah. And then the 2022 car was the actual new car, which there was an improvement. Yeah, which makes a lot of um, sense, especially with everything. There'd be no point in putting so much money for Haas into 21 when they have such a brand new th- everything in 2022. Yeah. So that that's an interesting... It's cool to get the confirmation on that, and especially. It's, it's also surprisingly wholesome. Like, he sp- talks about other team principles, right? But whereas Drive to Survive kind of tries to peg them as, like, frenemies and enemies and... They hate each other and all that. Um, Gunther tells this completely different story where he's actually very amicable about his discussion with about most of the other principles. Um, he does he does beef a bit with uh, Andreas, and then he goes, "No, but the guy's really a good guy." Yeah, you but know, because- like as soon as he even came close to beefing about someone, he was like, "Oh, but actually, they're great." Yeah. If he did beef about anyone. He never mentioned their names. 
he would just in, explain okay. the situation. And I, I thought that was really... And that's kind of for us neat. to kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah. If we, if we One of those, like, if you know, you know who it was kind of thing, which is no, really I like don't, neat in a way. I don't think I so. I didn't know who he was talking about oh, at okay. the time. Right. Oh, um, I think it's more... It's more kind of that that this isn't a book written in bad blood, right? Mm. He's not he's not writing a story and trying to spitefully, you know. Um, when you like, when you call like someone out, and... not non name drop because he does that. Uh, what's the term? I can't think of the English word for it, but like, the like the the libel thing. Oh, when you when okay. you um, slander, slander. And stuff like that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's okay. it's not something that he's trying to slander people with or or like negatively kind of represent other people. It's literally just him talking about himself and his own ex- uh, experiences, and then um, only naming if he's got something nice to say about the person, mm. which I thought was really neat and contrasts a lot with the comedy and the amount of swearing that is in the book because there's a lot yeah it is it's graphic (laughs) yeah it's it's gunther um so yeah it was surprisingly wholesome it had interesting points he brings up interesting points when it comes to celebrities or the sprint shootouts and their actual benefits to the entire sport okay um, do you want to go through some of those? Or? Yeah, a little bit. So okay. for the for the celebrities, the benefit that they bring is how they should be encouraged to interact with the press. So right now, as it stands, he's like, yeah, it's not ideal because if someone from the press is asking, hey, you know, so and so, what brought you out to the race today? What do you enjoy about the sport? They automatically like kind of shut down the press and go, no, we're not talking to you. Mm. Right. And and Gunther was of the mind that like, no, they should actually be encouraged to, you know, talk about the sport to the press and encourage other people to watch it. Yeah. And by that, you know, people monkey see monkey do people see celebrities do something. They want to do it as well. Um, The yeah. sprints. I bet he didn't have in mind Cara Delevingne just completely shutting down and being <laughs> incredibly rude and, and everything. But that's the thing. Like, I, think, I think that's like, that's a really cool but thing learning. Uh, but that's, I think like, that was the criticism was like, he wishes the celebrities didn't do that. And that yeah. instead of looking at that kind of situation going, Oh, well, celebrities just shouldn't show up. It's like, no, they should show up, but they should act better. Yeah. I think, I think that's where I stand too. Cause it'd, it'd, be, it'd be really cool to have them all do it. But like, they should be. I think there is actually written contracts. Like, yeah, you have to say yes to this and and, and all that type of stuff. But yeah. not yes to certain questions, but like yes to doing it. And then, um, but so I I can agree with him there. Yeah, and for for the sprints, he was bringing up the benefit that they're they're kind of used as rewards for a country's amount of sponsorship, right? And um, and that's actually a really good benefit to the sport because it's such an expensive sport that encouraging countries and being like, hey, you sponsor, you know, a certain amount of sponsors for for different teams or what have you, you get a sprint, mm. which brings a huge amount of, you know, tourism and economic stuff to that country where it's just and in some countries, this is economic the most- traffic. Yeah, and in some countries, this is one of the most, the biggest economic event that we have, right? Yeah, like, that's just a positive net value. Has has his comments made 
does that make you kind of change what you think of sprints a bit more? Yeah, Because you were starting no, to warm them up me. a little bit more in the in recent history. You've talked to me when you yeah the past the past three weeks since I've read yeah. the book. No, um, he's convinced me that they can be very beneficial if they're used properly. I am still convinced that you know they could be maybe handled a little bit better. But I agree that the sport is at a point where we have a lot of new fans and we still need a lot of money. And we need a lot of money to go to other places than Mercedes and Red Bull, mm-hmm. you know, and sponsorships do that. That's that's how it works. He goes into how he started Haas with Gene Haas, right, and, and what that was uh, like and his gift of the gab. And... um my my favorite actually was near the end of the book. He talks about the data, right, and the engineers, oh, yeah. <laughs> and and everyone on the paddock, just like how concentrated they are. Yeah. And he's like, that is utter BS. If they look concentrated, it's because they gotta go, like, to the bathroom, oh, and they're really? just like holding it in. Most of the guys are like spaced out and wondering what they're going to eat for dinner and stuff like that. And he's just like listing off these conversations that he's heard in the paddock. And it's like, from past employees or for everyone? Um, he says it's everyone. He yeah. says, he said, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure. This isn't a direct quote because I can't remember the exact quote. But he goes, he's like, if you see Toto like talking to people and you can't hear what he's saying, guarantee he's talking about how much money he's losing. if you see see christian horner like talking and you can't hear what he says it's a good chance that he's talking about something that has nothing to do with the race yeah you know like and and so he just kind of does that with all the teams and then talks about like the pit crews and stuff like that and how like they're they're watching the race but it's not as intense and calculating as everyone thinks. Yeah. They just look that way. Well, they also probably know when they can and when they do and don't have to be that intense and calculating too at that point. Like, probably. You know, like I wouldn't be able to concentrate for two hours. I don't know. Yeah, That's just like, me. There's times when we watch it and uh, we kind of go like, okay, lap like 15 to, to 35, we can go have a smoke break while the, the race goes on because nothing's really going to change too yeah, much. Yeah, which and smoking is bad. So we don't, we don't do really, yeah. we don't do a smoke break. Yeah. We go out for fresh air. Yeah, exactly. exactly yes. Well, not so yes. fresh air when it's so smoky out here from forest fires. Yeah, it, it is It is technically a smoke break because the yeah. province is on fire. That's what I mean. Yeah. But that's that's what Taryn that's, meant. That's, that's Absolutely. What I meant. I, sorry, guys. Don't, don't smoke <laughs> and drive. Um, but yeah, it's... It's surprisingly funny. It's down to earth. The amount of swearing is past comical. Um, he he reads it himself, which is just brilliant. My question is, especially with him reading himself, is because he speaks like six, six or seven languages fluently. I wonder if he does if he reads all of those. Languages. I hope so. I would love to. Find I hope out. so. I can't. I can't picture what it would be like to listen to this audiobook without it being Gunther Steiner's voice, especially considering he's doing it in a diary format. Yeah. Where he'll be like, he'll start a chapter off by being like, it's this afternoon on this date at this time at this location. See, I like right? that. That's really cool. And like sometimes that's the Steiner Ranch, but sometimes, but a lot of the times it's like, it's just before qualifying and he's talking about his hopes for it. And then there's the next entry after qualifying and he's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have the energy for this tonight. So I'm just gonna, I'll, I'll. I'll write in this tomorrow, you know? <laughs> it's just like, oh. Like, I wonder, I... See, I wonder how he writes. I wonder if he 
has a dictaphone and he just and he just records maybe so maybe the audiobook's so the, the original yeah the, the audiobook yeah. is just him sending his 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 thoughts absolutely possible like, um it yeah. does sound though in some areas like he's reading off a page so i don't think so i think he actually wrote it down yeah knowing gundry is probably like pretty pretty like professional set oh yeah with this i mean not that i know the guy personally but just like no but how, he's how it is. he he is he is quite like that i i would be curious to listen to the audiobook while watching either the highlights or the entire like 2022 season right and just like pause between chapters just like oh you're at the monaco chapter you know so like uh, do the the post the pre-quali stop the book watch quali then come back to listen to the post quali so you know entry you know so you know like exactly what he's frustrated about because there's so many things that went wrong for them that year 2022 yeah it was it was so bad yeah it's um historically terrible yeah i think for them so i mean they haven't had a good season like their 20s their debut season which was 2016 and they haven't had a season like that ever since but 2022 was incredibly bad for them but um, so it's it's great it's great i'm uh i didn't think it was going to be good i i i didn't know what to think all right what i'm what i'm really happy about this is that it it really sounds like he's demything things he is and he's setting the tone in the story straight about stuff um and then showing like it's it's very much kind of what i think that drive to survive want would have loved to have done in the sense of like, here is a glimpse into the everyday life of of in the paddock, and he's yeah. really showing the the and from not just from what you talked about right now on on this recording, but when we you, you've talked about it with me a few times throughout the weeks, it just seems like he's really given an honest and like down to earth view of excuse me what actually is going down. No, and, and that's that's the thing that I really enjoyed. Right, is he's he demystifying he's kind of um making the sport relatable to the average joe right he's making it less hoity-toity yeah and that is something that as a formula one fan you know um it's it's a hoity-toity sport yeah you know i mean ron ron said it best when he was on air he's like first of all monaco not a real place Yes, it is. Right? <laughs> Complete fantasy, not a real place. People don't actually live there, you know? And, and oh, Formula One... Oh, he was asking one, two people actually live there. And that's that. I think that's when I said, like, yeah, clearly there's a school system. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Here it is. I mean, <laughs> Charles, Charles went through it, yeah. but... But, like, that's, but that's, I think more to his point is, like, no one would have ever think that there is a real... That's a real functioning city. Yeah. Right? A country. Yeah. There's, like, <laughs> like the fact that George... Ru- like, George Russell, who I, I like George a lot um, for a lot of different reasons... But one of the things is that he is very much a... He's the definition of a posh British lad. Yeah. And he fits the Formula One mold perfectly because of it. And no other sport other than maybe polo and cricket, he would fit to a T. But he fits Formula One to a T, right? And that's kind of like... No, that's that's he, what I, I guess what you mean by the hoity-toity type, type of stuff in my... Even, that goes to my head at least. Even the ones who didn't grow up hoity-toity, right? Like, if you take a look at um, Hamilton, Mm -hmm. the thing is he's been making so much money now with Formula One that he he looks like a rich person. Rightfully so. 
But all of that, you know, hoity-toitiness that comes from looking at people that have an absorbent amount of money, you know, makes the rest of us kind of feel like, okay, but that's like fiction almost, right? And then you have Gunther Steiner who comes in and who just tells you all of these tales, brings it down, kind of takes away the veil of hoity-toitiness and goes, no, these people are real people. It's just drive to survive even gets caught up in like every driver has this big character arc and story, right? And they're all the the heroes of their own story and everything. And they kind of mystify it even more. They make it into this show. Yeah. And there's so much glitz and glam around F1 inherently that it's hard not to really get swept up in that and imagine that mystical area like even me it's refreshing to have someone just come in and you know swear at every single sentence (laughs) and just be like nah like this is like this is how it is yeah sometimes you know we we bicker at each other but like all the team principals will go out for dinner yeah you know and stuff like that and it's like these are real people like they're not as concentrated as you think they're just thinking about you know going to the bathroom yeah or what they're gonna eat for dinner um and then and then he goes into the other side you know where it's 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 the opposite of mystifying or or glamming something where he really brings out the nitty-gritty yeah and it's like oh what you know so you says this is, this is, this is this trashier yeah. than i thought it was so i remember <laughs> one time you because i've i'm getting it I've been trying to find the hard copy because I like a hard copy book, and I know that the person makes more money off of that and everything. Yeah. But I, I do, I definitely even if I buy the buy the hard copy and want to listen to Audible because I just want to hear his voice. Yeah. Um. But you had mentioned that any Formula One fan in any any capacity, new fan, old fan, anything, would get would get something out of this book. And so my question for you is, what did you get out of it the most? For me. Yeah. Uh, an appreciation for her for for Gunther Steiner and Haas. Okay, then Definitely. after that, does, it, uh, does, does that make you a Haas fan? Because that's no, it doesn't okay, make okay. me a Haas oh, fan. It makes you a Gunther fan, though. You know what? It's the same thing that Kitchen Confidentials did for me when I was in culinary school. What school? Okay, what schools haven't you attempted in your life? What type of education haven't you attempted? Like I, mean, I swear I don't have ADHD. Yeah, you, um, like. Yeah. I just, but, but we, we Anyways, have to hold I, the episode. I, I, of that's Mary that's, stories, that's but a like, different podcast yeah, altogether. altogether. All right. Uh, the 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 main contextual points here is that I did one level of culinary school. There are three levels in total, so I never finished it. I did, never became a chef. Um, I did become a line cook, and I did go into fine dining for some time. Okay. While I was doing that, I was recommended the book uh, Kitchen Confidentials by Anthony Bourdain, which is the book that kind of made him famous. Yeah, I have a copy of that on my bookshelf. And it's very much similar to Gunther Steiner's uh, Surviving to Drive. It's kind of this account of uh, diary entries of what it's actually like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you think fine dining and you're like, oh, you know... um, you think of like the movie style of fine dining and, and people who are like very specific and all that. And it's like, they're actually just kitchen pirates, you know, yeah. and, and everyone, <laughs> everyone is just a mess, a swearing mess with tattoos and cursing and out comes good food. Yeah. Um, but like most often, especially in fine dining, you'll find that like, you can't 
always put the cooks or the chefs in the front of the picture because they just don't give off the same fine dining experience image. Mm -hmm. And that's very much what Surviving the Drive did for me was that it demystified everything. It kind of gives you this interior look into the sport and it's just good entertainment. Mm -hmm. Like even Sean, who's not a Formula One fan or very recent Formula One fan, doesn't know anything about history, doesn't really understand yet um, all of the rules and everything. He came in while I was listening to it like four hours in. So completely out of context, listened to it for 20 minutes with me. He was laughing out loud. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's like, worst case, if you're a new fan, if you don't understand uh, the references, if you don't remember the 2022 because you never watched it, you know, like you'll still get fun out of it. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. If you are a history fan, You'll... he does go into some historical events. Yeah. And that's just fun. So, Walter, I know you're listening because um, actually Walter Walter actually just texted me while you were did going he? Yeah, he did. He, uh, did shout he? Out, so, shout out to Walter. So, this just proves, Walter, thanks again for proving another point of the F, of the F world where if you email, if you text, email, stuff like that, we'll read your stuff out if it's good enough. Um, <laughs> contextually. <laughs> contextually, yeah, depending on how evil it is. But he says, love these insights into the book. Feel bad I didn't get the chance to talk about it on air with Mary Alch. No, that's so. that's okay. I was, I was saving it because... Um, I think that the longer you've been a Formula One fan, the more you'll get out of the book. I think you can have been, you can, you can be a Formula One fan from one race ago and you will get something out of the book if it's just the humor, right? Because some of the stuff he says, like, it's just pure golden comedy, like. Yeah, he could be a stand-up. He he definitely. Do 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 you remember? Um, do you know who Reggie Fills is? No, not so off the top Reggie, of my head. Reggie Fills was, I think, the president of Nintendo America. Okay, and he like essentially ushered in Nintendo's like resurgence. Yeah. into into North America, like Super Smash Bros. and like redoing me all that type of stuff. Um, and Reggie Fills is a character. Like he. He would say just some crazy, weird stuff. Yeah, and you'd think that it's a bit, but he's—it's just what he says. Yeah, like he like there. There used to be a, one of the first video game memes, not one of the first, but one of the ones that took off in the modern day was a, a quote that's like, "My body is ready," and that was Reggie Phils who said that um, in like on the E3 where yeah. they're showing off the the first edition of the Nintendo Mies. Yeah. Like, you can clone yourself into a me. And he's like, Reggie, are you ready? He goes, like, my body is ready. And everyone just thought, like, they thought he was just saying it as a joke. Because, no, he just says it. He just says yeah. his stuff. And I just feel like Gunter is exactly like that. Where he, I don't know if he fully plans it all. He doesn't. He talks he about that. It. He he doesn't. He's like, I don't remember saying we look like a, a bunch, a of, bunch wanker. of wankers on like Drive to, to Survive. Yeah. He doesn't remember saying that. But now it's become a meme. It's become a point where they have a team chat where they will send in Gunther memes. Like they have like <laughs> Gunther with the sunglasses and the Top Gun background and it's Top Gunth or the Gunth father, you that's, know, and they've they've just like taken these great. movie posters and, and just memed it out. And it's like he laughs at those. There's uh, an Instagram account or... Um, a formerly known as Twitter app account 
that uh, is a, a parody of Gunther. Right? That's amazing. And he follows that account. Just to give himself a chuckle? Just to give himself a chuckle. And and apparently he's communicated with the guy and, and the guy's like, is this okay? And he's like, yeah, you're you're hilarious. And, you know, as long as you're not saying anything to purposely, like, offend people. And slander me. You know, then yeah. uh, I don't even think he's got a problem with the self-slandering, to be honest. <laughs> he, I don't. He, he definitely does feel like a guy. Some okay. of the stories he says is like, how are you not incriminating yourself with this? That's, that's, that's a lot, honey. Um, but, like, like, but that's that's why I think that, yeah, even if you've been in F1 for a day, you'll get something out of it. I do think the longer you've been in Formula One, the more you're going to get into it. The more you're in racing in general, if you like rally, if you like these other types of racing, he does touch on those. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of a a cool inside look of how those uh, racing sports or events kind of happen. So, yeah, that's... Those are your thoughts. That's those, those are, are my thoughts. thoughts okay. Is every there's, there's any so anyone anyone who's interested in Formula One enough to listen to this podcast, go listen to the book. <laughs> yeah, like still listen yeah. to us. Because, yeah, don't, don't you take know, it away. Like, yeah, it's, it's, only, it's, it's not only... a one or kind of thing. It's a one yeah. and. You can you literally know? listen to us and then you watch listen to the book. It's seven hours, right? The book is only like seven yeah. hours, so yeah. that's nine eight to nine hours total. Like that's I, not even a day. That's, like that's I've a told day of you. Work. Like yeah. I've told you, you can listen to it while you play Baldur's Gate. I don't. You don't really could. Uh, yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to start doing my walks. Actually, too. that's another thing, right? I have to mention. Um, I do a lot of book reviewing. You do. Right? It's it's one of my other little side things. I have an entire YouTube channel for it. What's and, the YouTube and channel and called so again? It's my name. <laughs> but was it? What, isn't something else up to it? No, no, I rebranded recently. It's just my name. Just Marianne on um, YouTube? Just Marianne Routier, yeah. Okay. Um, but, but I, so I read a lot, and this was my first time being able to finish an audiobook. And that is oh. important to, to note, is I am, I have nothing against people who read audiobooks or listen to audiobooks, right? I'm not one of those hoity-toities that's like, if you don't read it, it's not really reading. It's like, no, you're listening to the story, that's fine. But... My brain has never been able to adapt to that. Mm. I need to physically read for like the theater of the mind to like take control. With yeah. Gunther, because of the way that he talks, because of him reading the book, right? And me knowing that that's his voice and just the way that he explains it, it didn't feel like it was an audiobook. It felt like listening to someone talk about their experience. Yeah. Right. Kind of like regale me of these stories. It's yeah, like or like a, a school lecture with that professor who's completely unhinged, and you're like, "How are you still teaching? <laughs> the good How ones. is this legal? The, the fun um, ones, but like questionable. The the questionably yeah. fun ones. No, absolutely. I think Gunther would definitely sell out a class. I, I would. Yeah. I would take his course even if it wasn't in my degree. You know how Toto Wolf does the Harvard lectures once a year? <laughs> I want Gunther to do one. Do an Oxford lecture. Does like something completely. Oh out my there. god, it'd be great. Yeah, but. What I'm saying is, if you're discouraged because you're like, well, I don't like reading and I don't actually like listening to audiobooks, like, it doesn't feel like either one. Mm, it's, okay. it's effortless to listen to. And that was shocking to me because I have never been able to finish an audiobook before. Yeah. Um, he makes it effortless. He makes it um, achievable, not achievable, within reach. 
Yeah, uh, that's, that's the a term. Good one. Yep. Attainable. You know? Attainable. Thank you. Attainable, manageable. He makes it, yeah. There's so many and things And fun. Yeah. Super fun. I cannot sing the praise of this book enough. Just, I just want to let you know, speaking of singing the praise, we are not in any way paid for this. We are not that, we're not that prestigious to get paid by Gunther Seiner. No, to absolutely this book. We not. We just, like, Marianne, you just generally love this. I just absolutely and, love this book. And I love I, I got it because I thought that I was going to come here and slander it and just make fun well, of it. That was the and original bit, I know, wasn't it? Like, was it was. for us to get the book and read them and read passages and be out kind of and like, just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you know? And it's like, guy? no, and completely to my surprise. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to listen to it again. I'm most likely going to buy the actual book because it was good and it's funny. Yeah. And I do want to, I do want to listen to it, but take my time and listen to it while I watch the 2022 season. We, you should do that. And I really, we'll, we'll do a special episode of that. I really do. Going through during, during the winter. When it's the, when the great. Break happens. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Um, now the question, now the other thing is like, do you think this will help him in his court battle with Gene Haas? <laughs> like, I don't know. To go straight to the dark side with it. Like, cause I, th- I, I think it would. Especially if he has talks about all the stuff he's done with the team and what that, because he's he's suing for co-ownership basically for the, that title and the money that, that and the money that not just him but the entire team yeah. has lost because of it. The so the thing is, according yeah. to the book and according to Gunther Steiner, and so I obviously don't know what both sides of the story is. The story he presents is Haas is his baby and his idea. He went around with this idea for a team for Formula One. And in came the introductions via a friend, I think, where he started talking to Gene Haas, right? And uh, and explained, like, what his business idea was with the Formula One team. And then, I don't know what that was. And then, um, and then a couple months went by and he's like, I didn't think he was interested, you know, so I was still looking for someone to fund this because what I needed was a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually Gene Haas got back to him and was like, okay, let's do it. And yeah. then, and then it went on from there. But according to Gunther Steiner, from the perspective of his book, it does seem like it's his team and Haas is just the money and the name, Right. He talks about how he's there for every second interview. So like big corporations, you have multi-interview process to get hired, right? And if you pass the first interview, then there's a second interview, sometimes even a third. He comes to the second one every single time. Which is like the owner and the manager interview, like the one that like who's in the boss interview pretty much. Well, I, anyway. I don't know that that's even, you know, necessary for for someone who's, I don't know, uh, up picking up the, the wrenches or something like he will show up to every single second interview because he wants to know who's working for him. Yeah. Right. He just sounds so respectful. He, he sounds really respectful, but he he's very crass while he describes it. So that's, you know, a good little dichotomy. But according to the book written by him, it's his baby. So I don't know if people take the book for what it is, which is his version of the story. It might help him. It might not help him. It depends how influenced you are by what you read. Okay. I don't really know what to say to that. That just sounds really interesting. Well, I think I'm, it's I'm the same really... for anyone who writes a book about anything that they have a personal opinion to, right? Like yeah. if I, if I, 
was a professor, right? And I wrote a book about professing, pro, uh, teaching. That, that's the correct I, word. That was an ESL that's, moment. I'm so sorry. Um, I, I about like teaching, though. professing. If it didn't mean something <laughs> else already, then that would have been the good one. Right. And I write a book about teaching for uh, this university, right? And then this university and I start getting into a battle. And according to my book, this university is the villain. It's like, well, if you believe that, you're kind of being fed the story I'm giving you. And I wouldn't say that that's always... I'm, I, might be, I might be completely honest about how I portray the university. And maybe they are the villain, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it is poor me. I'm just a professor. But how much are you going to trust that when the author of the book is the one being directly involved in the conflict? Right. And yeah. so I always warn caution for that, but I know that people like to get caught up in the story. Yeah. So really the answer to my question was like, who knows? It yeah. Can go, it can go either way, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Which, no, that's a, that's a fair, that's a really in-depth way to get to that conclusion, which is like, I really, I really appreciate that. Cause yeah. I would hope that people would keep in mind that he wrote the book. Yeah. I think it would help him because people like to get caught up in a story. And also he, dic he, 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 not dictates, but he, he explains like every level that he's involved in. Yeah. And, and Gene only... Haas didn't write a book. Yeah. I don't we don't Gina, have his story. I don't think Gene Haas can, but I mean, I mean, no, that's mean, but like, at the I, same time. I wouldn't have thought that Gunther <laughs> could, to <Yeah>. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> if you would tell me that yeah. one of the team principals was going to write a book. I wouldn't have thought of Gunther. Right. I would have said Toto. Yeah. <laughs> or or even Christian. No, As like I, Christian. I don't think I don't think Christian would until Toto did. Yeah, because his his entire book no, would just would, be responding would, to Toto. It would have to be. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like it'd be essentially each and then, page, and would then be, the sequels would come out. Yeah, they would just be arguing <laughs> with each other. They're, they, they're like, I, I I love I love when you first told me it, but even just now and hearing all the other friends, I love hearing the fact that like all of them are really close friends. Yeah, well, like what he point. what he explains is that there is drama. Yes. Is there as much as the, the Netflix show would suggest? No. The thing is, they're all in the same job. They all understand what each and every one of them is going through. Yeah. Right? And so there is a certain level of camaraderie that comes with... Camaraderie. Yeah. Yep. Did I, I said that wrong. You said, com, you said commodity. Com, com, commodity. Like you uh, put an com R. Commodity <laughs> is, a, is a whole different thing. F1's a commodity. Is my French showing? A little bit. But like I love it. So. It's bad today. I, I, when you said Monaco, I, did you see me? You kind of like, ooh. <laughs> like, like oh, did it. I say it French? You said it properly. Oh. So it's not you didn't say French. You said it properly. But, but the point. So com yeah. camaraderie. So, There's a lot of camaraderie there. So he talks about like even if there is drama between Christian and Toto, the reality is... No one, absolutely no one, can understand better what Toto Wolf is going through than Christian Horner. And no one can better understand what Christian Horner is going through at this moment than Toto. Right? Because they are the team principals of the, the, top, the top teams. teams. Yeah. And so there is a certain level of respect that you maybe don't see on Drive to Survive. Where they're not they're not actually you know, always butting heads. They are when things are running hot, right? Like, I'm pretty sure after 2021... They probably did not they, talk to each other. They probably had a little cool-off moment. Yeah. You know? But it's not as bad as it seems. Yeah, because at some point they all have to get... Like, the fact that... Um, 
in F1, no rules and regulations can be passed until specific rules and regulations can be passed until all team principals agree to it. Yeah. So you can't have that if they don't get along with each other. And it's kind of, I don't know. I, I really respect There's a minimum amount of, of respect between all of them. And yeah. that's, that's something that I don't think to me, TV I, to, shows us. To me, right now, like having heard, heard you talk about it a number of times with me, I would even argue that it's like almost maximum you're allowed to have for each other. For them, at least, because they, like you said, they know so much of what they're each are each are handling. Well, that, yeah. If who are you going to talk to about being the team principal of Red Bull? <laughs> you're you're the head of Red Bull. You're not going to talk to your employees about it. No, you're going to talk to. You're, the... you're not going to talk to you know your your Spice Girl wife. You're you're maybe not. You are. Well, maybe you are, but like I there's never there's never going to be that level of understanding, right? Yeah. I. I have a very different career path from my partner and sometimes he goes through challenges. He can talk to them about, uh, he can like, talk about them to me. Yeah. Right. And I can sympathize. Like pinpointing exactly where Bernie but, Collins was born so he can get the right Irish accent. Like he did. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, that was something else. But, um, that was so funny. <laughs> I thought about, the voice I, actor watching I thought the about race. that so many times. I laughed my but, ass off. But that's the thing is that I can sympathize with some of his experiences, but I can't really understand them. Empathize. Empathize. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like you can sympathize. Yeah. Getting that level of empathy for it, of understanding. It's different. And I, I imagine you would have to, it would be very lonely to be a team principal who doesn't get along with another team principal. Yeah, I mean, like, there's probably a history of them that all got fired for it. So, <laughs> another thing we can talk <laughs> Actually, to Walter about when he goes back next. My my favorite my favorite point so far of Drive to Survive season five is because I was watching it while I was listening to the audiobook. At one point, <laughs> at one point, Gunther like they had the team principal meeting, right? Yeah, fix your car and fix your car. That that entire scene. And it's like, you can tell that Gunther is that kid in the classroom. Who's just right? starting stuff. Who's just, stirring he's the not, pot. he's stirring the pot, but he's not even like stirring the pot within context of what's going on. He's that kid that's like, oh, they're arguing. Hey, look, there's a bee right there. Haha, <laughs> I drew a butt on the board, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and you see him with Medias, who's just there trying to be like the straight A student and trying to pay attention. And you've got Gunther behind, beside him, just like elbowing him and snickering. And yeah. it's just like... He reminds me of Ron Weasley. <laughs> you know? We're no, he's Fred and George. Fred and George. Okay, that's He'd be Fred and George. Well, he's, he's hired Fred and George. Yeah you know so it's great it's great um so yeah i i don't know if i can sing the praise of this book enough i don't think you need to i think we i think we should just record we should just we have the last like 45 minutes recorded we should just send it to gunther and be like hey this is what we <laughs> want to talk to you about please we, could, we probably could do that quite easily actually i um, i feel like if any just send, team just send principal them. would ever agree to come on a student radio show it would be gunther well, we should try that we should try that actually. Like Toto would be interested if we were Harvard, but I don't know. We just hung, not give him enough money. Who knows? <laughs> That's we, what we I mean. Give. If we don't have no. the money that Harvard does, <laughs> yeah, Gunther yeah. might do this for free. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Well, we won't, we won't float that by him, but uh, that. so yeah. So recommend it. Absolutely. Ten out of ten. Or would you go higher? Uh, Eleven out of ten. I only 10 10. ever give five for my reviews. 
Um, in general? In general. Like five out of tens? No, like I oh, only, out of five. Out of five. Okay. Right? Um, so I, I would give this a five out of five for what it is. Very Absolutely. Nice. Very nice. So there you go. Everyone who's interested in learning more about F1 and everything, go check out Gunter's book. You know, Marion, this is a perfect note because we're getting to the end of the end of the show. Yes. And there are two things I wanted to talk about with this. Okay. Not not, not with um this is completely off topic of Gunter. Okay. Book. Totally on topic it. for Formula One. Yeah, though. on topic for Formula One though. Got it. Uh, number one. Uh during your, your preamblings you saw that I was on the computer checking some things. Yes. Uh I found out why Perez did not be sixth. Okay. It is because Red Bull talked to the FAA and this stuff. I'm not gonna blame it all and then all team principals get to do this and they all agreed. They started a lap back. So they started on lap sixty four, not sixty I think or sixty three, not sixty four or something. So he crossed the line in the pit lane at six in sixth place, like we saw, everyone saw. But they stopped it a lap back before that was technically the in it. So they basically they stopped it when he was still in third place third place and hadn't crossed the line of the lap. They said they announced it on lap so that they, when they started behind the safety car, it was lap 64 or 65. Here's the thing. So. Regulations and technicalities aside, right? The Checo fan in me, because I am a fan. I'm a fan of a lot mm. of the drivers, right? And yeah. he's one of them. Um, the Checo fan in me was happy that he was put in third. The chaos goblin in me... <laughs> was so disappointed at the yeah. drama the being six could have placed. Yeah. Because See, that was so unfortunate. Yeah. So like knowing a lot of the rules and regulations in that, the sportsman in me is yeah. really annoyed. The <laughs> Checo fan in me that like cuz I like Checo too. Yeah. I, I would have I like my dream It would have been, been heartbreaking had yeah. he been six, my, you know, my, and and then I would have been no. complaining about that. No. It would have been heartbreaking. It would have been great. Um, from for many different reasons, <laughs> many different reasons, but great nonetheless. Um, but yeah, I I just think the 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 the, the story of, of of Red Bull lobby, <laughs> especially lobby, after the twenty lap um, explanation. Right? Oh my gosh, that was so funny. So especially after that, that was just with the undercut. Had he had he been bumped down to six because of strategy call like pitting. It would have been heartbreaking. Yeah. And had that happened, I would be here and saying that that's a low point because that was so cold. But on the other end, the Chaos Goblin and me but kind of wished that it, it at happened. At the same time, though, the strategy call was because of the vir- he was just at the perfect window for the virtual safety car. And, um, and it was really the bump that messed him up. Yeah. Um. So totally caught him fine. Also just who, and also with the virtual safety car, who knows what he would have popped up to because everyone would have slowed down and then it was red flag before it could really be put into place. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. What's the second thing? The second thing is going to be perfect timing because it's going to be right when we finish the show. I mm. wanted to end off with one of our, with probably our favorite uh, radio chatter of the day, which belongs to none other than Carlos Sainz. Which is which? My, this is my favorite radio. I'm drawing a blank here. This is my favorite radio chatter. Okay, I was gonna say, and it's, and it's perfect to end the show on. Can't be my favorite radio no. chatter. No, probably not. But like, this is the perfect way to end the show on because it is when he says this. Four laps to go. Four laps. To go. Let's radio. <laughs> no, that was that was brilliant. I'm sorry. That was that was such a polite way to say, "Leave me alone." 
Like he could have said anything. He could have said, uh, you know, bleep off. He could have said, uh, bleep up. Um, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm not swearing here, but like he could have said so many things. Oh yeah. Right. That were so much more rude than less radio, please. Yeah. I think there's like, a, I'm trying to find the other one here that he says. Like it. even Sonoda's like, leave me alone. Yeah. You there, know, like, is... and yelling at them. Oh. Like, but signs is just a gentleman about it. Yeah. Here's, here's the other one that I really liked. Uh, in the second here. Come on, go past the Orlando part here. And Charles has a front wing damage. Front wing jump damage for Charles. Okay, don't slow me down, please. <laughs> just the, the other speaking of polite ways don't to say please. slow me down please yeah <laughs> it's uh it's the pleases yeah please don't slow me down anyways well as, it's that time it's that time as carlos signs so justly says said so great, radio please it is time for us to bid goodbye here on the f world civil radio 101.7 fm broadcasting from the ufv in abbotsford campus uh on Sol Tomuk, the sacred land of the stall of first nations uh, it's me, Taryn Midzane Midzane, Mary Ange Boutier, as per always. Yes. Yes, as always. And, as always. And Walter, who's out there in the ether listening, and as he is still texting us. He's Walter, still texting. He's still texting every now and then. Okay. And just like Walter, you can also call in and text us, and we'll read your stuff online, either through our, our account on the app, formerly known as Twitter, the world underscore pod, our Instagram, You just the handle is theFworld.pod, which is the same handle as our email, our Gmail, theFworld.pod at gmail.com. You can find all the links to everything, including our Discord. We'll get our episodes of the podcast on Spotify through all of our social media links and bios. Find that it's really easy to get a hold of us. And please get a hold with us because we love to talk to you more. We will love more F1 fans. It's always great. So to our homie in Belgium, thank you so much. To my mother who still listens. So thank you as well. Thanks, uh, Terrence, Mom. Thanks. And as Walter says, we're yours in racing. And